1700 The Champ. Interact with the show on Twitter at Hawkeye Huddle and at Hawkeye Huddle 2. And hello again, everybody. Welcome to the Hawkeye Huddle here on 700 The Champ. Brent Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you. As we are each week now on Thursdays from 6 to 7 o'clock. Around the world at the HawkeyeHuddle.com. You miss any portion of today's program. The podcast will be up a little bit later on this uh, this evening. Maybe tomorrow morning, depending, but but it'll be up. My friend. What's going on? We are crawling. Crawling towards Hawkeye football. I will we're say, getting drips in, of information that's keeping us afloat, but we're I, crawling. I will say this. The fact that we have SEC football to watch. Yes. That we have Big 12 football to watch, ACC football, Army and Navy. It's independent. It's yeah, something. Some. Yes. It to still feels... sort of occupy the Saturday, but it's not the same. No, the, the, I have yet just, to get yes. up and brush my teeth with beer. <laughs> exactly. I, I I I've tried. I, you know what? And I watched the entire Iowa State game the other night. It was, it was good football game. Well, actually, a lot of penalties, but a good football game. Good was, lord! But it was fun, and I watched the whole thing. Right and. So that was the most interesting thing to me. But, you know, it's just not the same. It's just not the same not having Iowa part of it. So It's not the same with not having the Big Ten? crawl with Big Ten yes. scores. Yeah. yeah, but we're getting there. It's we're coming. Getting there. It's coming. And the way we know it's coming is that uh, over the last two or three days, the uh, they've had what they call media days. They've been Zoom meetings for the University of Iowa football program. First the offense and the defense, and today uh, coaches. So uh, the coaches were at podiums. Yeah, the kids were like in their dorm rooms or something like that, weren't they? Or, I mean, where, where presumably, they presumably they were. <laughs> maybe, yeah, the maybe, coaches, maybe in the football building. Yeah, like, like in their. Receiver they were all room. like on the screen together and such, you know. Whereas the the coaches it was one at a time. Right, who's up next? Right, right, and. Uh, Anyway, some interesting stuff we can talk about definitely coming out of there. Tom Caker at HawkeyeReport.com. Of course, he'll be on a little bit later. Uh, paid attention to the whole thing in terms of, of personally watching through the whole thing. We caught bits and pieces here and there. Um, and then the two deeps came out today, but uh, the two deeps came out, and immediately by the time they were done with the Zoom meeting, we found out that the two deeps are about two weeks old because that's they actually tried to print a media guide. It's out there somewhere, and it kind of generally listed people sort of in the in, – in, you know, so in, it, at least in their positions, right? It, it wasn't exactly right on top of exactly how it's going to go. Um, and, and as so, as an example, um, uh, on the offensive line, Coy Cronk, transferred in from Indiana, behind Mark Kallenberger on the depth chart in the media guide. Brian Ferentz stands up. Brian Ferentz says he's starting. Right. If it were today, he's one of my starting tackles. Right. Cronk and Jackson on the on the outside. Uh, Linderbaum definitely at center, and then you're you're mixing up a bunch of guys at the guard spots, which is good because that's where Iowa always seems to get somebody hurt. Uh, but but he feels really good about those three for sure, obviously because Linderbaum well, is all American material too. You know, you know and on the offensive line as we jump right in, um, they're always looking for the best five. I think Cole Bantwards going to get a a, yep. a real real chance to wasn't start. on the depth chart but he <clears throat> second name out of Ference's name uh, mouth right so Co- yes Cody Ince maybe 
Yes, he's in there. Um, Tom will give us some more insight. Obviously, like you said, he uh, paid full attention. Um, in spite of what you might think, Ridge and I actually do have other jobs. I know, sometimes it's hard to believe. For, for, yeah. for which uh, we do preparation and we do these sorts of things. But as you know, if you're a loyal listener to the huddle, you listen for our banter and our humor as much as our insight. At least that's the way we like it. And in-depth yeah. uh, analysis. Yeah. And since we haven't had a game to actually analyze or prepare or pregame for, it does make the show a little bit more challenging at times, but nevertheless. So the as it as it came out, Jackson, Cody Ince, at one of the guards, Tyler Lindebarn, and then uh, Kyler Shutt, uh, shooter at, at one of the other guards and Kallenberger um, at the other tackle. But we know Kronk, according to Ference, would be actually in there. Then you got Justin Britt, Noah Fenske, Luke Empen, uh, who are some new names going in there. Jack Plum, actually a kid that probably will play quite a bit this year uh, in, in various roles. They're going to move their top guys around quite a bit. And Banwart wasn't on there but for some reason. But remember, he's working back from injuries they think he's looking good. They think he's looking fine. So and gonna, he's know. got experience, and he understands the offense and everything that goes well, along so with that's, that. Well, so I think that's the thing is you start to look at, at plugging in some of these these new guys, and one of the things that really jumps out at you is there's a number of, if you kind of look at this, there's a, a lot of there's a lot of senior talent on the Iowa football team, a lot of upperclassmen who are in starting positions, and then below that you had a lot of freshmen, redshirt freshmen, sophomores. There's not a lot of, in the junior class, right? It's uh, that somehow that kind of like bypassed. Uh, they just happen to have a couple of good classes in there, I guess. And it, it really, it, you know, it, it really does jump out at you, though. Wasn't you take a shut a uh, walk on? I think he was. Think Pretty he was. sure he was. Yeah. And of course, there's a couple of those uh, laying around in here, you know. Um, when you look at uh, nothing, uh, the other surprises on the offense, probably not much. Uh, the, obviously, the fullbacks, which are, are guys we don't even know about. Monty Potabom. And Turner Polisard. Yeah, we're going to find out more about those guys, right? Um, and they're sophomores. They could probably start at guard. Probably <laughs> they're a little too short. Um, Iowa used less of the of the fullback last year than they had in the past. With the we'll three see. wide, mm-hmm. four wides on occasion, but when they go three tight ends, fullback, good one there in the backfield. Absolutely. Now, uh, Goodson. What, I said good one. Goodson. 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 Pardon me. When you look at so so again there your 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 running backs right now listed are Goodson, Sergeant, I, Ivor, Kelly, Martin. There's other talented players there, but that's what you're looking at. What's really interesting now is when you start to go and think that they, they all get a free year, right? Well, you kept you keep talking about this. In fact, I read an article the other day um, where they're talking about doing this for basketball. So yeah. you could imagine now this won't happen. But could you imagine that if the entire Iowa basketball team has the success that we hope and believe that they will, and they all decided, hey, let's stay in college? Well, I, I, I think it's entire. I mean, obviously, Luca Garza probably would not. But, well, I mean, Jordan's got Jordan's going to stay. Jordan, well, he's not going to the NBA. No, right? but doesn't he have that, uh, you know, financial advisor well, gig waiting for he's him? He's got stuff waiting. That's true. That's true. And you know, Joe Wieskamp, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's hard hard to know. I can't imagine, I can't see any scenario where those guys would all come back. Jack, Jack Nungy's on his seventh year and he's a sophomore. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, not much else interesting on the offensive side of the ball. Not, not a whole lot of surprises. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, a few things. Uh, they have Jack Heflin, the transfer in from uh, Northern Illinois, listed uh, as a second stringer uh, behind Davion Nixon. That did you read, probably will did you read the quote about Davion Nixon today? That how can he be a real significant contributor? And they said, be a, a, a good, good teammate. teammate. I, I'm, what do you read between the line in that? Um, Is he late? Know. Well, let's late let's, for a meeting. Well, or and let's let's look at you know the guys that were. His, he are, was ready to shut it down for COVID, right? Are his academics? I mean, I don't know. Interesting that they say that is just to, to be to be in there and to do. It very well may be that he's one of those guys. It may it, this that total speculation, total speculation, complete and utter hyperbole. Right, that maybe he's a kid that doesn't like to come out a lot, and they've got eight, nine guys they want to play there, and you're going to sit now. They tried that a few years ago, and 2010 was ruined by the fact that they just wouldn't substitute for the defensive line they had. They learned. We need to go ahead and substitute whether or not that means our best players sit every once in a while. Even A.J. sat last year at times. Yes, yes absolutely. Not very often. No, but, but he did. <laughs> he sat from time to time. Now, um, so Heflin is going to be part of that mix. Noah Shannon, Austin Schulte. John Wagner has moved, at least on the depth chart, from a defensive end to a defensive tackle. So that's interesting to people here in Des Moines. A uh, kid out of, out of Dowling, he's always looked at me in a defensive end. And it looks like... They're uh, they're happy to go with Chauncey Golston and Logan Lee on the outside. Logan Lee, uh, a, a new kid everybody's heard a lot about over over the last couple of years, and of course Zach Van Valkenburg, who transferred in last year, is uh, now on the left or on the right end. And Joe Evans, who was a specialist rushing last year, is also in that end position. And they've started saying that. Uh, and, and today they said, look, Joe Evans could actually be an every down player. We need to stop thinking of him as only a rush end. So, therefore, let's use John Wagner where we can. So, they have a lot of interchangeability, obviously, and that's what you're going to see elsewhere when we talk about the defensive backfield. But on that defensive line, I think that might be the way that they're looking at it, saying, look, Davion Nixon's good, right? But he's also got to understand we need him rested, we need him fresh, and we need to play these other guys because these guys have to be able to play too so that we're good as a team. Not, we're not talking about ticking off plays like when we did little pro football, right? Maybe now is not the time to let everybody well, in the game. No, it's not but, like that. But nevertheless, no, I, I think you're right. And, and Reese Morgan was, was a master at rotating those defensive linemen. And, and the challenge will be there for the coaching staff to continue to do that. Um, get the best guys uh, on the field. and But when it's crunch time, know that you want your best dudes there and ready to go. The other great thing that I felt like I heard today from the, uh, from the media, media days as it were, is that they're extraordinarily excited about the linebacking core. Jack Campbell, Neiman, uh, and, and all of those guys. Uh, Despite losing, Jimon Colbert, to the opt out and and of course Dylan Doyle to to uh, the Baylor, transfer right. to Baylor, they feel good about it. You're right, they they really do. They they've said Jack Jack Campbell, who they like they well that's is, a three that's an a, heir apparent type kid. That's right? a three year starter if he if he comes yes. in and does and does yes. what you hope he does. And they say he's just you know he's he's got a lot of Josie Jewell in him and that type of that's hard that's a hard comparison to make but that's kind of what they're doing with it right and and that you're right so that's exciting and they said yes he has taken that step. 
you got Barrington Wade in there as one of the other linebackers, and Seth Benson would back up Campbell. Neiman, Justin Jacobs at the weak side linebacker. But here's the deal. With the cash, which is where Dane Belton would be, now they've got Dane Belton listed as the first string uh, uh, strong safety. So Does that could, move Merriweather to cash? This is so what, what Phil Parker said is, look, here's the deal. Uh, actually, no, I think it's going to be Moss. So if Riley Moss playing the Riley cash. Moss will play the cash when um, when Belton is playing safety, or they'll move Belton up. They'll put Merriweather in there, or they got Sebastian Castro, uh, relatively new name, played a little bit last year, but they got him in there, right? So um, the, you're going to move. You're going to see Dane Belton all over, all over. That's right. The only place we might not see him is well, a defensive tackle. I, what do you? <laughs> and what do you even call? Okay, so here's the guy, right? And he's Penn playing, State used to have what they called have, a hero position. Right. Really, literally, literally, it doesn't matter. This guy's just lining up wherever they tell him to line up, right? Is he a safety? Is he a, 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 a linebacker slash D back? What is he? Who knows? They know the kid can play, right? Jack Kerner's got the other side locked down which is great. Hankins has one of them. And then it's probably Moss and Brents. Right. Uh, it, Moss actually listed as a starter, but Julius Brents is going to rotate in there, and they're talking about him as well. And those guys have played for two years. Well, and, uh, They and, both know how to – the defensive backfield is, is – despite the fact they don't have Geno Stone, which is too bad he got waived by the Ravens today because could still be in Iowa City. Uh, it's too bad. But – but the defensive backfield looks pretty good with the number of options they have. Well, no question. And, and you know, take a team like Purdue that's going to come out with four wide. You're going to need to have those guys with experience back there and, and understanding of, of what they're supposed to do. And Iowa has mixed in a lot more man. Yep. Uh, man yep. under, two deeps in the back. What We're have not, you? We are not exclusively two deep zone, right? Anymore, not not right? anymore. No. Quarters or whatever they or whatever thirds they or whatever, that, right? whatever they call it. So, um, very optimistic uh, about the d- defensive backfield and what they can do. And this might be a big key to this football team is the ability to control the p- passing game of other teams. Obviously, tackle well, which is something Iowa has done a tremendous job at. And and do those kinds of things, and perhaps and even more importantly, create turnovers. And because with Spencer Petras back there, if we can give him the opportunity, or the defense can give him the opportunity with short fields and those kinds of things, what a great way to provide confidence for a young quarterback. He's got all the skills, all the talent. We just haven't seen him play. Yeah, Brian Ferentz said today, that, you know, I think he's a little further along uh, than Nate was at the same spot, right, at the same time. He certainly got more weapons than Nate had uh, a couple of years ago as a, as, a jun- or as a sophomore, right? So he's, he's in a good place. He's loaded at, all around him, right? Spencer Petrus needs to, believe it or not, even though it would be nice to think he can come out and just sling it around the yard, at the end of the day... He needs to come out and manage the football team. Well, is there any chance he can hand off very well? Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm looking at this. Now, uh, granted, if, if guys go down, what I just said is, is true. If guys go down, your backups are often younger, right? And that could be a problem. But with but, Smith and Smith-Marset well, but, but, and the tight ends. But oh with goodness. every starting position on the football team, 
Yeah, he got some pretty good confidence. Tracy. It's, it's the linebackers that, that were excited about him, but, they're, but other than Neiman, they're actually guys who haven't played that much, right? So that's the one area where you look and go, well, maybe you got a little, maybe the defensive this end. This isn't needs Josie a help, Jewel being thrown in as a no, true freshman. Or, uh, or, uh, or Morris, you know. That, James remember, Morris. James Morris. Penn against, State or something yeah, like that. Yeah, against Penn State, and he went out there and he made a couple tackles, but also like missed like eight guys, right? It's not going to happen, right? No, it's not the same thing. I just, I just think that when you look at this, now, granted, we say this a lot every year, but when you look at this, this is a sneaky good football team. As far as what they have on paper, it, when you have a five and a half over under out of Vegas for the win total out of eight games, nine. They're counting the. Oh, they count. They that. count the, that, the last one. Okay, five and a half out of nine. Okay, I, I mean that's that's hedging. They're hedging themselves pretty heavily because it basically means you think the team's going to get injured. I mean, I think you know, if you had a football game schedule, what they're saying is. Imagine that. Never happened before for third parents. All right, we'll come back. Uh, we'll grab Tom Caker from HawkeyeReport.com. Hear what he has to say about what he heard uh, from Iowa City Overlast. Back to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here on the Hawkeye Huddle. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. David, returning from the facilities. Picking up his headphones. I went out. Uh, I'm here. You made it. Good job. I heard the I heard the intro. Yeah, we're good. Uh, we're at the Foundry Distilling Company. Uh, we'll tell you right now, they're not open right now tonight to join us. They do have uh, a couple of uh, tastings in here. They're doing that right now for whiskey tastings. A couple of groups in here. But this weekend, they will open up in earnest post-COVID uh, on the 10th here on Saturday from 1 to 6. It's Shoes and Cues. Uh, so it's Horseshoes and Barbecue. Out here on the lawn. They're prep- prepping for it right now. Going to be a big deal. Come on down here. Uh, tournament entries, $20 per team. That begins at 3, but there's going to be free, uh, a free event. Whole, a whole hog roast, live music, and uh, drink specials as well. Let me tell you, it's pretty good stuff. So down one, here at the one, one to six down here at the yeah. Foundry in the Junction. And then next week, if you want to come here on Thursday and you want to visit with us, we will be here, and they're open, and they will serve you uh, the libation that they, are, uh, that they have cooked up here. At the distillery. Up, well, it is kind of cooking, right? One way or the other. Hey, let's thank our other sponsors. G-Mig's down there on Fifth Street. Uh, was in over the weekend for breakfast. It's a great place and former host of the huddle, and they're big supporters of ours, as well as AMPM Plumbing, also down here in Valley Junction. Uh, for If you're in the Des Moines area, please check them out. And uh, for your plumbing needs, I tell you, Brian does a great job. Great job. We'll uh, get on to a couple of other sponsors a little bit later on, but I'm assuming he is that Tom Caker of HawkeyeReport.com. We've thrown him a little bit of a curveball by moving this whole thing to Thursday, by the way. So uh, we appreciate him. Tom Caker is on the line with us. Good afternoon, Tom. Yeah, my rhythm is all off right now. <laughs> it's a Thursday call. You know, w- w- wait, wait till Friday games. Yeah, you're gonna. <laughs> no, it. it it is disconcerting after 17 years, isn't it? You're expecting Tuesday you're just going to get that. I'll tell you. Here's the other the thing. You, met, you, you guys joked about Friday games, but I mean, that even came up like two or three times from the coaches today about we don't even know if we're playing on Friday for the first game, which got me thinking, do they know something? Maybe they're, they're talking about playing Iowa-Purdue on Friday? 
Well, so yeah. uh, uh, that was one question. I that one question came out of today and the last couple of days. There's a lot of questions I had. We want to dive into what you heard, but the one thing we didn't hear was any start times. I mean, I, I get it that there's whole there's TV and all that, but we're two weeks away, aren't we? I mean. Uh, when, when, when are they thinking that's going to happen? And, yeah, then you start to wonder how many games are going to be on different days for this reason or that. Yeah, I, I think maybe next Monday because then, then we're, like, two weeks out. So that's kind of when they've always come out, um, at least in terms of start time. But the thing I come back to is I think you owe it to the teams to let them know if you're playing on a Friday. Yeah. It, it changes their game prep all, uh, tremendously. Well, it's obvious that, when it's, with COVID well, it's obvious that when they when they announced the the return to football for the Big Ten, they said the twenty third, which is a Friday. Right. So um, it just seemed like they knew something. Like, yeah, hey, we're gonna um, gonna have some some football on on uh, on a Friday. Uh, would be interesting for Iowa to open up on a Friday. That's for sure. You know, we've had stranger things. We've had a whole, uh, way back when we had a, a, a game in Hawaii that didn't start until eleven thirty Iowa time, and we had a number. You know, lost that one by the way. I, that was I could not make yeah, that one. Yeah. So you know, we've had strange, but Friday night would be interesting, and it would be interesting. Obviously, they, they're talking about Iowa moving the Nebraska and Iowa game going back to you Black, know, Black Friday. Friday. And is that Minnesota game, when's that going to be? Because it was originally on a Friday. We'll have to see how all that goes. Tom, I want to get to a couple of your observations. One of the things that jumped out at me today, of course, you heard from all the different coaches today, well, a good number of the coaches today, um, and, and a good number of the players over the last couple of days. But uh, I saw that Brian Ferentz uh, gave what, what I think you called a very earnest apology for some of the things that he's been worried that, you know, that he was accused of. I just kind of want your observations a little bit about what he said and his thoughts there because we weren't there. I can read it, but I, I'm, I feel like you were there and kind of got a feel for where he was, where he's at as a person right now. Yeah, I think Brian, that's as contrite as you're going to see him. Um, I don't want to say Brian is uh, cocky, but sometimes he can come off as that, as being – Kind of, kind of full of himself a little bit, and, and confident. You know, there's a, there's always that fine line between cocky and confident, and he walks it, and he admitted as much today. You know, that talked to, um, he said a former player didn't identify who it was, but they told him sometimes you can be flippant with your remarks, and that's totally Brian Ferentz. He can be flippant. We've seen him up in the press box get pissed off at at, at uh, officials. You know, he's banging on the door of the replay official door uh, up in the booth, up in the press box. I mean, we've seen him do these things, so we know what it's like. But um, I think this kind of surprised him, humbled him. And maybe the most honest admission I asked him about that meeting uh, in early June, I'd heard some things, and um, and he came out and said it, that, uh, that he basically said if you guys don't think i i can coach you then tell me tell me that and i'll leave and i'll be done i won't coach anymore um and uh, they didn't but it it um i just thought it was fascinating to listen to him kind of throw himself out there a little bit and um 
and kind of take be accountable for what he's done and said. You know, <clears throat> takes a true leader to accept responsibility, suggest that he was willing to walk away from the program that he's clearly invested the majority of his life in and yeah. and now go and at least be affirmed to the point that he understands perhaps where his misgivings has been where he, where he has lost it i recall when the press box interest or uh, incident happened a coach kirk said Apparently we have uh, an issue with one of our guys, and yeah. next thing you know, Brian's on the sidelines and yeah. not up in the booth anymore. So um, it hasn't changed his demonstrativeness any, but uh, he's not going to get yelled at by the press box people. Um, and, Tom, I remember you saying very, very clearly that he was way out of line that night. And, and you know, maturity is an interesting thing. Um when it, when it comes to coaching and learning and leading, mm-hmm. it's a tough line for him to do. And um, there was another incident I was at Michigan State where he got frustrated at halftime and he punched something in the upstairs. And uh, you know, after the game, I saw him and he had a big wrap on his hand because I thought he might have broken his hand because he punched a wall. You know, it's just I get it. He gets wound up in the game, and that's fine. Um, you know, the thing that I thought uh, the thing I thought was interesting he he didn't deny the Akramadley thing, or he just said I don't remember ever saying that. Right. He didn't deny that he said it, but he um, just said I don't recall ever saying that to him. So um, whatever it is, I you know I, I think he's learned from it. I think he's better for it. Um, does this mean he's never going to be the head coach at the University of Iowa? I don't know. I think it's less likely now. I think it's harder for him to do. But I thought he the apology he issued today was was uh, uh, overdue. But I think he wanted to do it in front of everybody, and um, I you know it's something he couldn't really do because we're in the middle of a pandemic. So, right. Right. Um, right. You know, it's so, not something he could have done along back in June because it's you know I need a, I, I suppose he could, but you know, it's just, here's what it is. Yeah, I'm just glad he got it out there and was what, holding himself accountable. Yeah, let's let's hope that it's over and we don't have to talk about it again. Well, I think you know what else I thought was interesting today that we talked to Raymond Braithwaite, who's taking over for Chris Doyle. Raymond, okay, that's where I was going next. Okay? So go ahead. <laughs> yeah, perfect. He's, yes. Known him since 2002, and he said, I've never heard Chris Doyle say anything racist. He's, he's a black man, okay? Yeah. Raymond Braithwaite is a black man. Yeah. I've never heard him say anything. Worked for him for 50, uh, since 02. you know, been away for, there was a couple of years where he was away doing another job, but for the most part, he's been with him since then. Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that, that that's, uh, that's apparent um, after all this stuff happened or came out this last summer was that the experiences have been different with these people for everybody. Yeah, right? It's indivi- individual experience. Yes, right. very individual experiences. And I, I would say this. I, I hope kids understand this. That's the way life is, right? It, 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 sometimes you have different individual experiences with people. Unfortunately, some are bad. Some are good and some are bad. 
But um, there are times when you when you label people as being X X, um, and I'm saying when what what a lot of people did to the various Iowa coaches this year. I'm not talking about the kids. I'm talking about the coaches being labeled as X by the media or another player or some attorney trying to make money or some parent. It, it that's not always necessarily true. It might be your experience. It might be your experience was absolutely that, but that that's not always the case you, you in know, every dealing. You know, I heard a, a, a good line today is that the first part of the story that you hear is always the one that you believe until you hear the other side. Right. So Kirk Ferentz has been nothing but classy, represented the university, the state extraordinarily well. And, you know, he probably has more experience inside of black kids' homes than anybody other, any other person in the state of Iowa. Out, you know. Yeah, because you got to – because football te- – Football is different than basketball. You need a hundred, right? You need a hundred kids, right. right? So you know, but it, it doesn't. And you know what? So Tom, it, just a general observation. What I'm reading, everything, uh, you know, and honestly, I'm getting it through through your site at HawkeyeReport.com. The last couple of days, it sounds like the team feels like they've they've they're actually they're not just weathering the storm. They're getting closer because of this. They've come together, and things actually are improving. Uh, at, at least that's what it feels like. Does it seem like that to you? Yeah, I, I think more than anything else, I think these guys are just glad to be playing football. I'm sure of that. I'm I think sure that's just that. more what it is. I think they're just like, you know what, all that other stuff, I'm just going to put that in the back burner playing football now. I'm excited to play football. So I think that's where they're at. Um, also, Seth Wallace stuck around after his session and came back up when we had a little uh, open time on the side. And it was basically, and it was basically just to come up there and say, you know what? Uh, I screwed up the Jack Kellenberger thing when he made some jokes about Jack and simple Jack and all that stuff. And, and Jack spoke out about it. And he said, I talked to Jack about it, talked to his dad, talked to Mark about it. Um, and he thinks they're okay. You know, at least they're, they've talked about it and, and everybody knows kind of where everybody's coming from. Take, it's a good thing to admit when you're, when you did something wrong, you may, sometimes you don't realize Except good, the responsibility. Good, all right. So the good, maybe the good news is they can move into football and their heads, their heads are thinking football. And, and obviously with the, the two deeps coming out today and some, a lot of stuff to discuss there, Tom, I there's a, there's a lot of excited a lot to be excited about with this team right now. I you know, you start looking down there. There's an awful lot of experience everywhere, um, except quarterback. Except for quarterback. So that I will go pose the question that I saw posed on your uh, on your message board. Can you think of another first year quarterback that was surrounded by the kind of talent from a skill position perspective? that Spencer Petrus is going to get to play with this year? Mark Flasick. Mm, no, probably not. Can't think yeah. of it. Mark Rogers. Uh, well, Mark Rogers? Not Mark. Yeah. I, I tell you, I mean, seriously, no, I can't either. And I, I'm just, you know, you can kind of go back and you see that they had one or two good players there. Mark, Mark Flasick had Quinn earlier, I, I think. And, you know, but eh, it's possession Kevin, receivers. Kevin Harmon? Uh, 
he ended up being a tailback that year, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's. I think that the one thing that Spencer Petrus, as gifted as he may be, we and Brad, we Bank, and Brad Banks had. Brad Banks had like Mo Brown, C.J. Jones, right. and Dallas Clark. There I guess. So. Right. Well, yeah, and, right. And uh, and he yes. was a first year starter. Right. And Freddie. And, right. and an offensive line that pretty much everyone went to the NFL. I, I think, and, and, and you know what? And so Brad Banks darn near won the Heisman. If you go back and watch, a lot of that, he managed that team. Right? He made some good throws. He but he also, he made some incredible plays that he, probably only Brad Banks could make. He did. He did. But the other thing he did was he, all these other guys were making plays all over the field. And, and it just it worked out very well for I mean. You're right. That's probably the only guy I can think of that, that would have had this. I just think that Spencer's in a good spot this year to be a first-year quarterback for Iowa. And, and, and mm-hmm. when, you stay, when you head into Purdue, Tom, you head into Purdue in your first game, um, I, boy, it's, it's, it's well, easy. With a raucous to, Purdue crowd. Well, it's easy to get, get comfortable with the fact that he's going to have an awful lot of experience and talent around him. Yeah, and have a ton of talent. And they should be able to put up a lot of points. They just got to now. We got to see what happens with, um, with the defense and uh, how that comes together. And Phil seemed pretty excited about the defense today. So, um, so we'll see. Yeah. Before you joined, we were talking about the rave reviews that the linebackers were getting from all the coaches. Frankly, um, you know, Campbell and Neiman and, and the guys behind them and, and their length and their speed and quickness. I think this Iowa defense has got a real chance, even even though we haven't seen them play, um, because of the obviously the people ahead of them. And you know, not having Colbert play is going to hurt. But uh, you know, certainly don't forsake the guy for wanting to opt out. But I'm just saying, man, I think they have a chance. And, and Ridge made a comment, Tom. The Hawks are a sneaky good team. I think, at least on paper. Yeah, I think they're an interesting team. I think they've got defensively, you wonder about um, linebacker, you wonder about pass rush. I think that's the thing. You know, there's no way. A.J. Epinesa is not walking through that door. Anthony Nelson not walking through the door. So what's that pass rush going to look like? I think that's um, because Iowa's defense is good when they can generate a pass rush. just is. It's it's a proven fact. You look at the stats when they have – Low sack numbers um, as a unit, uh, they tend to struggle. But if they have 30 plus sacks, pretty good. You know, they're pretty well, good. In a, in a nine game season, that would probably equate to what, 22? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, Probably like, like two that. and a half a game or something. Yeah, you know? right. So 20, 22 sacks. If you can get that kind of pressure, and, you know, sometimes it's not always a sack. Pressure, hits on the quarterback, things of that nature. Yeah. I, mean, I can't imagine you're going to sack the Purdue quarterback with their offense. They're not exactly. Yeah, they get a, the ball out quick. Right. So, real, real quick shift shift before we uh, let you go, Tom. Hawks, uh, uh, on the basketball side, they announced a game against Gonzaga. Oh, are we almost out of time? Yeah. Just well, real Iowa, quick. Ha- that, Iowa how has cool not, is that? Iowa has Iowa has not confirmed that. Oh, they haven't. Okay, so no, that's a no. That's no a, one has okay. confirmed that. It's just been uh, Matt Nor- Norlander from CBS. 
Uh, Matt Lorton Norlander from CBS has reported it. So I thought I saw. Um, All right, well, I, I don't doubt. I don't doubt that it's. I I I, I know it's happening, but it'll be exciting. Okay. Thanks, Tom Caker. We'll talk to you next week. Tom Caker okay. at HawkeyeReport.com. We'll be back. Wrap things up here on Hawkeye Little on September. You're listening to the Hawkeye Huddle with Dave Creighton Jr. and Brett Ridge on 1700 The Champ. Real sports talk for real sports fans. And we're back here at the Foundry. Brett Ridge, Dave Creighton Jr. with you here at the Hawkeye Huddle. Join us each week from 6 to 7 o'clock here on 1700. And uh, you can come join us next week live. They'll be open. Live and in person. They, of course, are having their, um, their uh, big event to reopen. Their Shoes and Q event this weekend from 1 to 6 right here at the Foundry in West Des Moines. Check it out. They're setting up outside right now. Uh, we want to uh, get to our, our uh, Doug Stonehawker REMAX Real Estate home lock of the week. Of course, uh, Doug uh, and, and Stonehawker Realty have been uh, part of my family's uh, story over the years, over the last 25 years. And so uh, we uh, appreciate him joining as a sponsor this year. You can get out and check him out at dsmrealestate.com or... Just go to the HawkeyeHuddle.com. That's the HawkeyeHuddle.com. We got a link, right? That's the easy way to remember. We do now. We've been really good with this home lock of the week for him, right? We have been. We we went with Missouri over Alabama, which sounded silly, but they covered. We went with Iowa State last week. Alabama did cover in the first half, which was also what I suggested. <laughs> there you go. So what are we going to do for this week? I got a couple of thoughts. Okay. What do, what do, uh, I'm going to jump on the Clemson Tigers. Really? Playing the U. How, what's the what's the what's it's the like juice on that? Thirteen, fourteen points. I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to lay it with Clemson. You're going to lay that with Clemson. That's your and they're at home. Mm-hmm. I was going to go with A and M at home against Florida. There you go. We're going to have two. We'll have a Florida's Florida. a six and a half point favorite on the road. We'll and have, I watched them twice. They're pretty average. But I guess I, how do how do you know, right? I don't know. Florida's pretty good. You think so? Well, but I like getting points. I don't. I don't like laying two touchdowns against the U. But I'm going to tell you this: Dabo's going to have his boys ready. You think so? Oh yeah. yeah. He's the best player in college football. Yeah, I think so too. It's gonna. That's that's a nice game. There's another one that's kind of tricky out there that uh, I looked at, which is Auburn and Arkansas. Arkansas showed up last week for the first time in like five years. Oh, leave and, it to the pirate. To right. beat LSU in Baton Rouge. And then lose and then to lose, Arkansas. And lose to Arkansas. I, Auburn's 13 and a half at home. Um, I think they'll, I think they'll, I think they're going to smoke them. I think Arkansas is just. Oh my they gosh. Caught, I couldn't. They caught lightning in a I barrel. Cu- I couldn't disagree with you really? on that. You yes. think Arkansas? Okay. Auburn played terrible last week against Georgia, but let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go with my, my home lock of the week for Stonehawker Realty. I think Auburn's going to win. Texas A&M. I got A and M getting six and a half over over Florida. We got a foundry last call coming a little bit later on as well, so we'll see where we're going with that too. Um, a, a couple of other things. So that Gonzaga game for basketball apparently is not confirmed. But I thought it actually would that, was. That would be in Sioux Falls, right? right? It would be in Sioux Falls, and the thing is, it would be on the same day as the as whatever the extra Big Ten game is. Iowa gets to play in football, so if it's the Big Ten championship game, it'd be at the exact same time, which would be really rotten. That's why the good Lord made will be, VCRs. Well, 
They would. I mean, seriously, would you play Iowa, Gonzaga, two top five teams playing basketball while Iowa's trying to win the Big Ten championship in football? That'd be difficult. I don't know. We'd have to see. Don't but you leave fun, that up to the TV day. people that yeah, maybe they'd figure they'd that out? Figure, they'd have to figure that out and move some stuff around. Um, but that would be a lot of fun. There are no Gavit games this year, by the way, so the schedule's not filled up exactly yet. So that's why they haven't. But Fran did say they're going to play 27 games. Gonna play twenty-seven games. Iowa State's definitely one of them. It sounds like Gonzaga is definitely, you know, something that they in there. It's in there. So uh, we'll have to find out what else is and, in there. And the ACC Big, Big Ten, Ten A's, ACC right. Challenge. Probably Duke, Louisville, or North Carolina. No, Carolina. Probably Carolina. We talked about this last week because Carolina has to be on the road. They alternate home and yeah, home and away. So is Louisville. All I right. Think, well, I, I take I take either. I think. Um, It'll be a lot of fun. Oh, basketball season is going to be amazing. It's gonna, it, it, should, it should be. I mean, And the fact of the matter is um, that's going to start in a month. Yeah, it's coming up quick because normally we're in the middle of the football season by now and we're just kind of talking about basketball it's, you know, and they're going to ease into it. And they're not going to ease into anything. I mean, they're only getting their seven non-conference games. Not a lot of foreplay play. in this no. year's no. Uh, Big Ten. No. Now, they are going to apparently still host their bubble tournament. MTE, uh, multi-team event. Yes. And they're going to bubble them up for a couple of weeks uh, in Iowa City or Des Moines or somewhere. We'll find out. Who knows how they're going to do that. That'd be really cool if it did it here. Well, if they if you can't go watch, why does it matter? Well, if they're going to have it at the well, wouldn't they let people in? I don't know. I don't think they uh, – maybe. It'd be nice. I don't know. They're not letting anybody in into an outdoor stadium to watch football. I don't with, know why they're letting anybody in to watch, play basketball. The state of Florida has now said that anybody and everybody who wants to go to a football game can Good. State of Florida is is light years ahead of of the others. And good for them because that's where you should go with this. It's where it should obviously be. A couple okay. of other uh, go to the game, wear a mask, right. big deal. Exactly. Have fun. Have fun. Uh, also noted that uh, on the wrestling side of things. Oh wait, basketball. Last week we were wondering if Peyton Sanford was going to commit to Iowa. That was last week, right? Okay. Kid from Waukee, right? And he did. And he did. Right at literally right after the show, so Iowa picks up, so Iowa picks up that kid. Nice video. Really nice. Yeah, he he did. He had a very classy like patriot uh, paid paid tribute to all the schools that recruited him and all the people that helped him along the way. And then no hats. He the Iowa. No, he didn't do the hat thing. Imagine <laughs> that. That's pretty good. Um, so that was really and and as Tom Cakert has said, they they may be done for recruiting basketball right now until. They say who's available in the uh, see who's available oh, in the free Lord. agency uh, for a big man in the transfer at, yeah. portal as right. well as everything else that's right. going to go on. It's going to go on uh, for wrestling. They're considering the fourth year for the extra year, just the free year for wrestling too, which which could, give, could Spencer, Spencer League could the opportunity. Yes, because he got kind of screwed out of the idea of, of winning Not four kinda. NCAA he championships. He got completely right? screwed. Yeah, um, there is a uh, Hawkeye Wrestling Club event. I've got that written down here. What's it's called today? the Hockey Wrestling Club Showdown 1st? Open, November first, uh, and and it will be they're they're gonna, it's going to be a freestyle event, but it'll be at the Extreme Arena, the new one out in Coralville, out there by Thirty Hop and and the is Marriott that where the hockey hockey yeah. rink is mm-hmm. okay. And uh, so there's like seven or eight Iowa wrestlers in it, all all the the, the ranked dudes, and they're going against freestyle world champions, national champs. All Americans going to be something kind of cool that won't count toward anything, but it'll be fun to go watch on November first. Will there be TV for that? I didn't see TV for that. 
Hmm. Did not see TV for that. That'd be something Channel 11. It almost seems like if you're doing it, I don't know. Do you want people there? I would think I don't know. FaceTime Live or, I I mean, whatever. Anyway, wrestling's going to happen, which is really cool. And it would be nice to see if uh, Spencer Lee would get a chance at, at, at a fourth year. Get him his third national championship and then go on to his fourth after that. But we'll see. So Spencer Lee likely will have Olympic aspirations Wait, this summer. Does. This summer. Because right. Are Tokyo, they do it? They're, they're, yeah, they're Tokyo do it. is now yeah, 2021. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if it doesn't happen in 2021, it isn't happening. Not not for another four or five years. Right. Not four, down the road. They're skipping what a one. cluster. They'll skip one. They, I know. They'll skip one. Back to football real quick. You know who's not on the two deep? No. Have you seen this? Andrew seen, Ridge? Oh, no, he's not on the two deep. However. Matthew Creighton? Nope. Still eligible. Either. Nope. Um, <laughs> he does. <laughs> he's tra- going to be in the transfer So portal. the guy that a lot, of the, the, a lot of the guys were talking about, but he's not in the two deep, is this, is this Charlie Jones transfer in from Buffalo. He's at Buffalo for a couple of years. He's a wide receiver. Um, he's got a lot of Ed Hinkle in him. Maybe a couple of other guys, but he's got a lot of Ed Hinkle in him. Looks like he can lay out for a ball, doesn't really care. He goes across the middle. And, oh, by the way, he's got a, he's got a little knack for kick returning, which they've got Max Cooper listed as their punt returner right now. I mean. Hey, we like Max. He's from Newton. Okay. I, I just, uh, when you when you got an electric guy like uh, ISM who can take it back to the house every time on the kickoff, who's also, you want your punt returner to be a guy that might be able to do it too. Um He's also said, Smith Marset has said that he would be willing to return punts. However. They don't want him to get hurt. Well, it's not only that. I think there's a sense of the defensive aspect of being on the punt return team that they prefer. I'm not saying Max Cooper is a better defender than ISM. But but he might be able to tackle somebody, right? I don't know. He plays on special teams all the time. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like on kickoff returns. Those sorts of things. Yep, kid from Australia. Or returns kickoffs. Uh, kid from Australia is uh, as a freshman is the first string punter right now. Tory Hunter. Yeah, uh, no, Tory. Tory Crocodile Hunter. I have to, Crocodile Hunter. Because if his name is Tory Hunter, who it's played not. for the Twins, it's not. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll because it. that would be the perfect nickname for a punter. Tory Taylor. Tory Taylor. Tory the Crocodile Taylor. Yes. Who apparently has never actually been to a football game. This is the world think we about, live. Think about 2020. That. Think about that. He can punt, and he's he's now first string at the University of Iowa. Apparently just hits the With gets three other time. punters, I think, on scholarship. Gersandi's there still. He's and, the holder. And, and, but the fact of the matter is. He's not been to a football game. I American don't think football we game should, I don't think we should have the Australian dude hold for the kicker. No, well, he's going to get up and try to run with the ball and <laughs> hand pass it to somebody, right? It, would, it wouldn't be. You know, he's going to kick it himself. Know, he's going to try to kick it through the little the little wickets. Uh, anyway, so he but he is he has impressed in camp, and so he is listed as number one. Um, so you know, a couple of these things stand out at you. They're still saying the the Northern Illinois guys. Um, they really like them, but they got to learn the system, which is interesting. How much of a system is there at, at Iowa on the defensive line? You know what? There's actually quite a system. They have a whole thing about and they, their gap control versus you know versus you know, trying to get inside and get underneath the guys. Would you level. stop with your lack so, of knowledge of football? 
This is what I went. I went to. I went back in the day when they used to make. Remember when you coached yes, West Des Moines yes, Little Football they, League? They would, you had to go to the, the coaches' clinic. clinic. I listened you to wrote, you Reese Morgan notes. and uh, and uh, Norm Parker, and I went to the thing. It was fabulous, by the way. You know, no question. Right. And and I learned a lot. I suspect you did, considering where you were coming from. Right. As the backup kicker to the as state a, championship, yes, Linmar. Yes, I was a backup Yes, that was the Lions. Yeah, Linmar Lions. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that so, something? Valley Tigers, Linmar Lions. I, can you? So right. What do you make of that? Of the, well, We're two cool cats. Two, two, two good. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Oh, next <sighs> thing you know, we're going to be doing like a a, a tiger rescue uh No, podcast. we're not doing that. No? Okay. 6.52. Gets us, gets us on to uh, Dancing with the Stars. I think it's, oh, good. yeah, she lasted a long time. <laughs> Didn't she almost, uh, well, thought, yeah. regardless. Yeah. Um, time for our Foundry Distillery last call of the night. Foundry Distillery, the host of the Hawkeye Huddle this year. Grateful to Scott Bush, Andrew Candu, Tomes, and Max, who runs the joint down here when we're here. Come on down next week. They're going to be open. Cocktails, libations, are lovely faces for radio and entertainment. And you might just have yourself a nice cocktail. I think, I think there's a way to do that. So, Reggie. Yeah. What is your foundry distillery last call? Before the shoes in queue. Oh, he's looking it up. I've, well, I've also been. So I've also was right about the Cubs, even though the Cubs. All right. I was also right about the Cubs. The Astros won today. They're in the ALDS for the fourth year so, in a row. Uh, no trash carols. Trash huh? barrels. No trash barrels. Um, even Did you see the thing about their averages were all like 50, 50 points lower? Yeah, but, right, right. But up they're until, still winning. Right? right up until they got in the playoffs. And, and then, all of a sudden, boom. now they figured out how to hit again. Turns out they can play, you know. All right. Uh, I, I think we'll have to stick with um, we're, we're going to have to stick with Iowa State just because it's the local team that I have to deal with. So hurry! All right, we got the clones this week. I'll, I'll take them. All right, my foundry distillery last call is take Texas Tech plus the points. Rich and I are on opposite sides. I got twelve and a half for Iowa State. Over the Iowa State. Good luck with that. I wonder what we can do about that. All right. Join, thanks to everybody for helping us out on the program today. Jeremy back in the studio. Tom Caker to HawkeyeReport.com. Dave Crane Jr. I'm Brett Reeds. Join us next week.